0: So I just I just figured it could be uh you know a cup of water on the airplane wouldn't wouldn't get you but it, it may it may certainly have although but at this point I'm pushing a week so now I think maybe it might just be like a norovirus or something.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, you might have you might have picked up uh G- it, you get that when you a passenger. You, I was going to say when you when you hook up with uh,
0: Storm from the X-Men. Yes. An auroravirus? No, don't give it to him. Just acknowledge that he said it. No, no, I'm taking it from him. <laughs> yeah, no. I, sometimes that's fun too. Explain it, Austin. <laughs> Explain yourself. Explain your devilry. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> um,
2: I don't you, want to. <laughs> yeah, you fucked up now.
0: <laughs> you stupid bitch. Mm-hmm. Where you made the, the mistake? You made was in in uh, trying to. Talk like someone who has a comic book podcast, mm. and you mm-hmm. don't, you know. Right. I see that now, and that's how we caught you in our web, <laughs> our madam web.
2: <laughs> see, I know that reference. <laughs> mm.
0: Can you prove it though with a podcast? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, welcome back to another wonderful episode of Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And today we are soaring back into your heart and my heart. It's Skyhunk's part two episode do. and we're <laughs> back with your favorite shows, Robotech and X. The other one, and and you know what? Uh, we, some people really like it when we do a theme. So this time we're all
0: also we're all Batman, I guess. Oh. Can I be No, you're Adam Batman. West? It's been completely you <laughs> No, <know>, you're <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't. With such a small theme, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where the the room for confusion has crept into your I just, into your sphere. Yeah, we're I thought, all Batman. I, I guess. I thought, I thought maybe we could all be different Batman from. The no, different, this isn't uh, where we, we, we get to pitch in and collaborate. Batman. This is a theme. We're all Batman. I guess. <laughs> well, what if I had a bomb and it was really hard to get rid of it? Could yeah, I be well, Adam, we, West? No, well, no, Batman, Adam West? No, you're Batman didn't I guess. do that.
2: Batman did it. i i i'm sorry was batman wearing a name tag that said i'm adam west when he had the big bomb (laughs) no that was batman who had a big bomb you okay andy hold on andy are you fucking stupid and you think (laughs) that the actor adam west is actually batman because that's different
0: have you ever seen them in the same place at the same time
2: Damn, that's the kind of logic that the world's greatest <laughs>
0: detective would have,
2: uh, which is you and me and Elsa Rory,
0: I guess. Right, good call, Rick. Right, because we're all Batman. Is it all? Is it at all confusing that there are three Batman in the room, or do we all just sort of take it as okay? What are you talking about? The theme couldn't be more explicit.
2: <laughs> this is basic level shit. Can you count to three? Batman, I bet you can. You're the world's greatest detective, and so am I, and so is Rory. Okay. <laughs> okay. God, get your shit together, Batman. We have a show to do. <laughs> we got to fight crime and do a podcast about two shows.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I wonder why I get bullied every week for fun. I guess, and and uh, you know, that's not very Batman of me. So I guess I better just sort of ship up and and, and do a fucking podcast about Robotech, a show that I really like, and Exo Squad, a show that's almost kind of not disappointing me this week. Now that's the Batman
2: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, we we are we are still doing Skyhunks. Ooh, Batman is a sky hunk when you think that's about it. That's true. I mean, I am a sky hunk. I am the So knight. am I. I, I am so vengeance. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and this one, this one, Austin decided to do a little research for us after how disastrous last week's episode of Exo Squad was. Oh, that's Can you talk right. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I'd love to talk to you about this. So we had this discussion basically on microphone and much to everyone's delight, I'm sure, where we just sort of do show planning uh, <laughs> in the middle of an episode, but enough of it is relevant to our conversation that it's hard to cut out. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you get a little sneak peek of of our sort of open, you know, uh, discussion on what we're doing for this show every week. And we just had a really hard time with how sluggish this show is kind of getting going. Because ExoSquad, again, is this, like, opens with this five-part arc that is getting to where the show actually is supposed to be. And, you know, nothing was happening, and mm-hmm. it sucked. And so I decided to volunteer my time to watch episode three of Exo Squad to see if it was any good and if it was worth watching, and it wasn't. It was so um,
0: selfless of you. I know. And you're basically Mother Teresa.
2: Yeah. Or Batman, who, you know, devotes everything to the city of Gotham. (laughs) And I felt like there were, I would say, about three to four minutes of actual, like, interesting material. And the rest was all pirate nonsense because we had that, like, big old, big old climactic battle with pirates that wasn't actually climactic because it doesn't matter. It's all this sort of diversion, but it takes up to, and a half episodes. Three yeah. full basically three full episodes of, of screen time. So we skipped it.
0: Woo! Yeah. I'm so glad actually because it does it does feel very much like I missed nothing by watching episode four.
2: Yeah. Almost like uh you <laughs> didn't. Yeah, and the what's great too is that the last time on doesn't show any of that stuff from the episode. <laughs> the last uh, time I'm on shows, again, only the parts that I, that I kind of perked up on. I was like, oh, this seems important. And, you know, the other 90% of the episode was just conveniently not featured in the previously on. Almost like it didn't they matter at all.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, do we want to start with that one? Do we want we, 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 we get, to get ourselves into ExoSquad yeah, and talk about it? It's hot on our lips. It's so hot. Ow, 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 ow. I'm blistering. Then let's dive right in. (laughs) i have the exo blisters. And blistering. Batman hates exo
2: blisters. It was a golden age for all mankind. Using the incredible exoskeletons called E-frames, we had successfully terraformed Venus and Mars and were poised to move on to the outer planet. Suddenly, it all ended. We were pressed into a nightmarish war on a scale previously unimagined. We were attacked by our own creations, the Neo-Sapiens, a race of artificially created humans. Led by Phaeton, they have seized
0: control of Venus, Earth, and Mars. This is Lieutenant J.T. Marsh, member of the Exo-Fleet. Leader of a small band of E-Frame pilots dedicated to freeing humanity from Neo-Sapien rule.
2: We are
1: the Exo Squad.
0: Okay, y'all. We're here in the cave. Uh, I'll tell you which cave if it wasn't so painfully obvious to most of us. <laughs> <ago. laughs> I'm still catching up. <laughs> Uh, we, we watched episode four of Exo Squad Blitzkrieg, uh, as German. Mm. True. God, I love your some, insight. Just doing some detective work while we roll through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> roll through the motion. So, uh, if you guys want to know what goes on this week in Exo Squad episode four Blitzkrieg, um, the Exo fleet races back. From Saturn to Earth, hoping to return in time to stop the Neo-Sapien attack. The Able Squad commander, Lieutenant Marsh, is charged with mutiny when he disagrees with Captain Marcus' suicidal decision to split the, fe- split the fleet, sending the fastest ships ahead of the rest. Napier escapes from a labor camp and tries to organize a small resistance cell. I am going to be on record saying <laughs> that this... Was better than last week. I yeah, agree. I mean, yeah, uh that's the bar we're setting. I mean, that's still in, 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 in. It's okay, still... but was it better than episode one? Well, kind of. So uh, we have to remember. I didn't think episode one was itself specifically that good, but it it showed a lot of promise. And and similarly, we're now four episodes into this thing, and I am kind of blown away at the. Um, Merc- like at the molasses pace, they've chosen to take a children's cartoon. Yeah. Um, I, I want to commend that choice to just be to just refuse to be uh <laughs> zips and zangs and zooies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> instead to go for court martial trials. And- what are you doing over there with Exo Squad? Where's all the zooie? <laughs> Where's is, my zangs?
2: Is, is Stan Lee over
0: here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see a lot of zip, but no zui and zang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm there with you. I can't really, I can't really like wholeheartedly praise it but it is it is still reman- managing to be like a, a a series of interesting decisions that not like pretty much no other show we watch on this podcast makes yeah um and and I I still respect it even if I think this still like like this could have been episode 2 and I would have not cried about it dude seriously Big like team. we didn't yeah. we didn't need episodes 2 and 3 really um, no, because they didn't. Th- I, I let me know what you think about this. The vibe that I get off of this show is that every single interesting idea they have, they try it. They do it and they resolve it like in the same breath and it never gets to be anything right. like th- like the example that we have in this episode is the sort of B plot with uh, with Sean Napier being like. Like, the, the, the time that I don't understand the time frame, the time from the evil Neo, Neo-Sapien army attacking and there already being labor camps and him escaping from a labor camp and starting a resistance cell, it's so fast that we don't get to really feel like it has any weight.
2: Yeah, has it, it been a day and a half? Has it been, <laughs> yeah, has it been weeks? It, it really feels like there's a time jump, but it also, it doesn't track with the B-plot time... But maybe it does because they've jumped to a court martial trial Well, but they're still in the middle of the same like <laughs> how did
0: have time for a court martial? Uh, we don't. I yeah. we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I feel like that's what they that's what I keep experiencing while watching this show is where I'm like, oh, that's an interesting idea. And it's done. They, they finished it and and i don't know i don't know i don't know why they're doing that like what cuz at the same time we're talking about the pace of the show in general feeling so fucking slow so i, I don't know that that's a weird it's a weird disconnect i guess for it me
2: it is yeah you know it feels very much i think uh when we learned about how how quick the turnaround time is on on scripts it feels like the complexity of these scripts we are always getting the first draft mm. yeah yeah, and there's just no time to to vet it, to to fix it. But you know, because again, like we talked about last week, like this isn't you know, doctor, this isn't Doctor Villain's attempt to steal all the all the pie in Rhode Island or whatever. This is, <laughs> you know, this is like an episode of of hard sci-fi that they're trying to do. Well, wouldn't and, be really
0: that hard to steal all the pie in Rhode Island. It's the smallest state.
2: Yeah, but it actually per capita
0: the most pot. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't know that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but maybe a 3 Batman's could do it. <laughs> <laughs> 3 Batman who are also one Batman.
0: Yeah. I uh I guess so so what 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 happened? Is there anything in here? that that made you smile or that you liked or that 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 was interesting like what what are the pieces of this episode that you guys liked you know like i said i i don't find the pace to be working but i'm constantly kind of patting it on the back for trying anyway yeah
2: <laughs> yeah it shows the you know it shows effort it shows its work on the page um even though it got the answer wrong it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know
0: yeah, but you get at least half credit for that from a nice teacher.
2: Yeah, um, so that's what we're doing, really. You know, we're giving it half credit. I think. Yeah. Uh, so something else you missed, I think, from episode three is we see a little more of Phaeton, uh, and we see more of Phaeton talking to. He has some subordinate uh, Neo Sapien who finds out that he's been that funds have been diverted to his war effort and he's like against it. And then Phaeton finds out that he's, you know, undercutting him or that he's going to like, you know, snitch on him and deals with it. And I guess anyway, the the point is like, we see a little more variation in the Neo sapiens in like, some of them disagree with what he's doing in that okay. episode. However, it's just one guy and then he pulls his master stroke and then, you know, sure, uh, blows up everything on Earth and Venus and Mars.
0: I guess it is nice to see another guy when we already have a first guy in the main cast with Marsala. And then we also, in this episode, see that, like, the exo fleet definitely has other Neo Sapiens working for them, presumably yeah, on the exo fleet nice side. Because it's pretty common to have the sort of, like, token alien who's right doesn't agree yeah. with his people and joins the humans. Mm-hmm. So then the fact that there's a little more dissent amongst the group, I think, is interesting. Yeah. I think it's necessary for it to not be icky, too.
2: Yeah, yeah sure. it's still icky. But <laughs> the, you know, I think it works better when you have something like Worf. Uh, you know, or you have like I don't know when 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 the Klingons are 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 more are not the slave allegory. You know, like it's such a weird thing with this Neo Sapiens thing that they can't get away from. And and it is I mean it has to be intentional. It has Mm -hmm. to be at this point because this is something else from the last episode that you missed is part of this conversation. With Phaeton and this other Sapien who found out about his, his shit. Phaeton specifically goes into this language of like, You were my most brilliant minister. You could have ruled beside me. But you will always think like a slave.
0: Take him to the Neural Research Center. If he thinks like a slave, we will give him the mind of one.
2: And it, mm. is, it is yucky. Mm. And it, it is that. And like it hmm. really feels very deliberate hmm. and I, it's it's challenging uh to listen
0: to <laughs> it's challenging that's a good word yeah yeah i well and, and and not to not to you brought up the klingons but uh not to pat star, star trek on the back harder but the klingons are also quite interesting because they're not a monolith no like they're constantly arguing amongst themselves like really loudly and that's mm-hmm. also interesting like this this is just one evil guy and all of his evil friends who are totally on board right uh and that's that does that does sort of that belies the kids show nature of what we're watching even while they try and wear the clothes of a of a of an exciting drama for adults
2: yeah and when I, I was looking up hot takes on twitter today about what people were saying about exo squad and apparently <laughs> people are still talking about ExoSquad. <laughs> I mean, we uh, are. <laughs> yeah, we are. I mean, but we had never heard it existed, like, six months ago. We didn't know about it one bit.
0: Can you read us some hot takes?
2: Uh, let me see if I have any pulled up. But the gist of it is that people people talk about it as if it was extremely bold and were saying that, like, you know, it, it brought up issues of race and genocide and slavery and talked about how it was bad. And, like, <laughs> it brought those issues up, It just also cast the... Slaves as the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And at this point, we're kind of a broken record on this, you know. So, yeah. like, yeah, you know, it, we probably it's, it's so
0: it's but it's so central to how you have to try and enjoy this show.
2: It is. It's it's constantly <laughs> in the forefront of what they're doing here.
0: Yeah, uh I want to talk about something that happens this episode that that I, I I don't know I don't know how I feel about it. We'll we'll, we'll find out as we talk about it, but the. The main, like, A-plot with the characters that we're supposed to care about the most is we've got JT Marsh. JT Marsh, that's his name. And he's the admiral who runs, who, like, is in control of the exo fleet, got really hurt, presumably last episode. And he is, like, in a coma right now. And acting in charge is this guy, Captain... What the hell's his name?
2: I don't mean Mean Captain.
0: Mean he's Captain just... Marcus and Mean Captain is visibly sweating constantly uh, as the sort of cue to the viewer that he is in over his head. Uh, and he makes an objectively bad call. He's like, OK, like they finally find out what's happened. And he's like, all right, everybody full speed to Earth. And JT immediately is like belay that order. If we go full speed to Earth, half of our fleet is really slow, and so we'll split the fleet in two, and the ones that'll get there first are the least powerful ships, and they'll all die. And the guy just goes full bananas. I don't need some shave-tail fighter jockey lieutenant giving me lessons in strategy, mister. I'll not have my authority questioned on my
2: own bridge. Security! Arrest this man! The charge is mutiny!
0: And then I guess in the midst of Let's Go Save Earth, they all put everyth- everything aside to gather everyone and all these tables and set up a whole fucking courtroom drama so that we can court-martial JT and execute him for treason. And I, I just... <laughs> it's gotta happen now, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it has <laughs> to happen now. Earth can wait. This man disobeyed me. And I, I don't know. This this is another one of those ideas that I feel like they like really tried to just speed through but what what was your take on how this played out my take
2: is how how come they couldn't have done this maybe an an episode and a half ago and then let that naturally come to i don't know like this is this is the problem when you take 3 episodes to do worthless pirate shit that yeah. now we have now we have a court martial set up and then dealt with in the same five-minute period
0: i mean it, it I, I i think it could establish an interesting i guess dynamic where you know so far the military seems pretty heroic and above board and i'm intrigued by the possi- possibility here that both of these governments uh the neo-sapiens and the humans are pretty corrupt and shitty and they're yeah. at war and like Like they're, you know, and there's people who are conscripted and just like at war with each other over, you know, trivial nonsense.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, too. And I think we'll talk about this a bit more in Robotech, but. I feel something similar with Mm -hmm. that show as well in feeling like both the villains and the good guys are all dealing with their shitty government (laughs) and (laughs) the weird choices that they make. Um, And all the people are kind of like, look, I just, I just follow orders, I guess. Uh, And this is my weird, this is my weird, sorry about my weird government.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That should be the Hallmark card. Sorry for my weird government. (laughs) Uh, I'd buy it. (laughs) <laughs> I love I love so so Marsala, the, the Neo sapien on the main kit main character's team, uh, he he is like assigned as his like defense in the court martial. And I love I love this because we watched this incredibly reasonable moment happen where he's like, no, that is a dumb order and we shouldn't do it because it'll kill everyone. And when they get to the court martial, Marsala's like, So can you testify to the court? Why you did this? He's basically like the order was dumb. It was very dumb, and he goes, "I rest my case." <laughs> like, like that's essentially what he happens. He was so
2: happy to represent him too.
0: Yeah, I like him. He's I fun do too.
2: Yeah, Marcel seems like a nice guy. Uh, but then that will well, in in getting that response, it's like, well, so you literally admitted to to doing it. So. All right, the jury is deliberating, and here's our verdict. I'd like to clip drop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The defense ignores the fact of guilt. We are at war, and orders must be obeyed. Marsh is guilty. He's admitted it, and you've agreed. There can be only one verdict for mutiny in time of war death!
1: Death, Death (coughs) or hesitate. Consideration. This court's marshal, considering all circumstances, finds Lieutenant Marsh is guilty as charged. The penalty is death.
0: Yeah, so he's going to go die. Uh, cool. And, and at the end of the episode, he is interrupted on his march towards... We don't get to see what execution looks like in the exo fleet, uh, which I was, I was kind of excited for. I was like, ooh, what do they do? do they? Is it barbaric? Do they do an Laser injection? Laser <laughs> A laser guillotine? Yeah. It's really humane. Uh but no, uh the 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 bad guys, the the Neo Sapien fleet shows up uh to prove JT correct. And that's where the episode ends. Um are we are we done? I mean, like this this is a this is a interesting episode. It's part four of five, so we're we're clearly like right before a climax. Um,
2: yeah, I was trying to decide if I was like compelled to watch the next one or it was just because this one was so unsatisfying. Like it just because (laughs) it ends on, it's a cheap, you know, it's a cheat, right? It's if you don't give your show a conclusion, people are like, "Ah, I got to watch the next one. But was it good?
0: (laughs) I really liked a shot of one of the random one of the Neo Sapiens in a in a mech, just sort of casually hovering over and blowing up the Capitol building by himself.
2: That's right. Yeah, there is an extended montage of every, and th- this happened in the end of episode three as well. So they like they got to a few more national landmarks that <laughs> you see them blowing up. They got to the Sydney Opera House. Really? Oh, not that one. Yeah, um, they did a few other noticeable, you know, wonders of the world. Uh, (laughs) at the end of episode three and then this one, yeah, they do the, the Sphinx and Taj Mahal that they just sort of blow up. (laughs) Um, and the weird thing though, is that you see nothing but like white people running from these landmarks, uh, although they are tourist landmarks. So maybe, Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It is just weird to be like, yes, look all over the world. White people are running (laughs) for their lives.
0: (laughs) And then uh, what a twist, white people are in the labor camps.
2: <laughs> we get it, Exosquad. Oh my god. You guys suck at this.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, graduate high school.
2: Uh, we just we don't have time to dive into how mm,
0: No, we don't, because we gotta the... talk about Robotech. <laughs> no. As a final as a final like potential positive here i this is another one where i would agree with rory where i gotta pat him on the back for at least having almost in a very sort of like Battlestar galactica kind of way the remake not the original obviously but the uh like having disparate stories happening like one on the ground and one in the in space and the characters haven't even met each other yet and you kind of get the sense that you know, plot will move them together and maybe mm-hmm. Napier will end up joining the exo fleet at some point. Like you got to sort Napiers of. Napiers are like disgraced racist cop, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, And so, like, I don't know what's going to happen there, but it is it is interesting to sort of like. Oh, what's going to
2: happen with Cal Drogo this week? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just another layer of complexity in the story that like. I don't know, they didn't have to do, and maybe they shouldn't it's have because it's it's not it's not really adding anything, but still. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Or uh, maybe just watch Battlestar again.
2: Maybe yeah, watch one of your favorite science fiction shows that is
0: <laughs> Exosquad.
2: <laughs> I'm I think I'm done. I think Yeah, let's done. hear from a
0: sponsor. <laughs> Austin. Yes. Hi.
2: How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm ready to do the ad. Okay,
0: good. That's you great. Know, we're
2: paying for the studio by the minute. So
0: <laughs> I know, I know. And I do love wasting money, but I would love it if you would get to the point and tell us all about the Cuddle Shovel.
2: Okay. Well, this is a very exciting new product that we are debuting on the show today. We are revealing to the world the Cuddle Shovel. Uh, this is something that we have co-developed, uh, mm. along with the genius inventor of the Cuddle Shovel, d- Duteus <laughs> Beefin, um, and, and Duteous came to us and needed, like, the platform and the funding. And, uh, so this
0: is a- Oh, we're deep d- in this.
2: Yeah, Yeah. this is a tool (laughs) that allows you to feel the touch, the (laughs) warmth and touch of a human being who loves you. And you uh, take the shovel the way you would a normal shovel and you dig it into the earth. (laughs) And you dig it and you dig it a lot. Okay, right? You dig it so much that the shovel gets really hot, um, and you know, <laughs> and you know what else is 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 hot is sort of warm is is another person who wants to hug you. Uh, so with the, you take this hot shovel and you you get really ne- really really close with it, and you you never let it go, and you feel that warmth on your skin. And you squeeze it because, like, a pillow doesn't get hot, you know.
0: Totally, um, uh, I firmly disagree. <laughs> I, my my pillow is too hot all the time, and you have to keep flipping it to get the good the good cold pillow.
2: Oh, see, I, I have a, a special, scientifically designed cooling, pillow, always so always I cold pillow. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so this 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 shovel really just delivers the goods, you know. Wow. Yeah. Now, it how do great. the
0: neighbors feel about all of the holes <laughs> in their lawn?
2: <laughs> well, uh they don't know yet because we're just debuting this product right now. So,
0: how do your neighbors feel about it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're hoping to reveal it to them through this advertisement. Oh. Cuz they've been out on vacation for the week.
0: <laughs> Got it. Got it,
2: but I assume they're avid listeners. Yeah, and I don't have a backyard, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, what are you gonna do? I'm yeah, clearly. And, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna rebury like the holes don't need the dirt doesn't need to go anywhere.
0: Sure, you dig you a new know, hole and just go fill up right the, fill out the last hole.
2: Right, and then the, the shovel gets hot again.
0: And then begins my evening. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Of gentle platonic cuddling.
0: Between a wow, man and a, between a man and shovel. That's right. <laughs> I'm so alone. <laughs> Well, here we go. It's me, Bruce Wayne, and uh I'm I'm here to tell us all about
2: Andy, Andy, we're not three Bruce Wayne's. <laughs> okay. We're three Batmans. We're we're all of us is bat all of us is Batman, I
0: guess. I don't I didn't think that this was gonna be a problem. Is Batman not also Bruce Wayne? I in some, you know,
2: in some interpretations, but not in in what I've laid out.
0: Okay. Alright. Well it's just me, Batman, and I I I sleep Heck as yeah. Batman and I wake up as Wait, Batman. Wait, I'm sorry,
2: it's just you as Batman? I've again we've said <laughs> Batman is the three of us.
0: Yep. Yep. We're all Batman. I don't know why keep... you're acting bullied. What well, you are <laughs> you've been laid out an incredibly clear premise repeatedly. <laughs> You keep trying to walk into some other weird, high-concept world where you're Batman and Bruce Wayne, and nobody else is (laughs) here. I won't hear of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Beep, boop, boop, I'm a big Batcave computer, and what's on the screen? It's Robotech. Andy, no, you are not a computer. (laughs)
2: You know what I think the problem is? I think the fact that he has a comics podcast has really sort of polluted his mind with all of the other other comic book things that happen.
0: Yeah, he's he's, he's lost the ability to
2: compartmentalize. Just square one. <laughs> all three of us is Batman, and then stop,
0: and then just stop right there. <laughs> yeah, take you're it so again. Right. Yeah, take hey, it again well- when you're ready. Okay. <clears throat> hey everybody, welcome back to Saturday morning Tuesdays. It's us, Batman.
2: Continue. It <laughs> was great. It's
1: for <laughs> no notes.
0: <laughs> we watched Robotech episode 16. It's called Battle Cry. Here's a synopsis. Lynn Kyle's presence suddenly reminds Lisa of her lost fiance, Carl Ryber. Chiron executes another attack on the SDF one. The human forces beat back the Zentradi, but Lisa's exec- execution of the Daedalus maneuver catches Rick. In the crossfire. Yeah. This episode was great. It was good. It, it's good. It's good. I just hate Lynn Kyle. I mean, he's he seems the worst. And they're, they're, <laughs> their 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 attempt that at family, humanizing... Man, that family is cursed. <laughs> their, their, their attempt at humanizing him kind of backfired because even his family hates him. And I, th- I think we're supposed to be like, oh, we get it. You know, he doesn't have a great relationship with his parents, but... I think as the viewer, you're like, yeah, that make like, why would these people <laughs> like him? <laughs> yeah, he's I, insufferable.
2: I, hold on. <laughs> I don't know what parents you watched because it seemed like oh, the parents, yeah. the response to Lynn Kyle was far better than what Minmay got. Uh, yeah. I, it seemed like the way that both of his parents reacted, uh, his mom like actually showed like a human like,
0: Kyle. <laughs> oh, Kyle, is it really you?
2: Yes, mother. I'm home. And I've missed you very much. Kyle, is this a dream? Oh, I can hardly
0: believe my eyes. Oh, my baby.
2: No, it's not a dream, mother. It's me.
0: Kyle. I've missed you so.
2: It's true. And then the dad was like, all right, son. And then like you see him crying. In the kitchen, like yeah, chef dad
0: cries quietly so no one can see. I always knew he'd come back.
1: What else could I think? He is my son.
2: That seemed (laughs) deeply, deeply more human. Of a response than yeah. like weird parents I, yeah, Midna's yeah, I guess parents I was looking... like
0: why the fuck didn't you tell us you were alive now stay here and work for us <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> I was pointing out where Kyle was like uh father I've missed you too you're looking well mm. no dear please Mother, don't be
2: please don't get upset father's always been that way around me you know that yeah. right
0: <laughs> yeah. yes so the the is this is this creeping anyone else out uh like severely the way that Minmei can't keep her fucking paws off Lin Kyle. <laughs>
2: she is attached like one of those clingy sloth babies. Yeah, it's to it his is, warm it. underbelly. <laughs>
0: it it has sort of shifted from allegorical to pornographic. Yeah. Or I guess not pornographic but erotic. Like sure. It, you know, there's some kind of, you know, it's it it the She's like that- a
2: marsupial. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. She's just a three-toed sloth ouch. hanging yeah. from his neck. All that pacifism has made his belly soft and supple. <laughs> it's so warm under here that. with no fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I there's a there's a brawl that breaks out in this episode, and we learn that Lynn Kyle is like actually really fucking good at. What seems like some sort of martial arts?
2: I would assume it's like a judo, which is all about you know sort of taking people's aggression and sort of flipping it and and you know like right you know reverting it or you know kind of redirecting. I'm not yeah, convinced they sense. put that
0: much energy into into mm-hmm. the backstory, but especially because I get the impression they're like ethnically Chinese and it's some sort of like mystical Chinese art that they're yeah. It, kind it of, does kind of feel that way, right? Yeah. But he does demonstrably not throw a punch. He's just avoiding it, and everyone else is just tripping over themselves and falling into shit by not hitting Lin-Kyle. But what's funny to me is that after this whole brawl, everyone's on the floor, especially, like, Rick and Max, who look like shit. Lin-Kyle's the only one standing with barely a scratch on him. <laughs> and fucking min like,
1: Oh, Kyle, I'm so proud of you. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Okay? Huh? Nobody even got a hand
2: on you. And Rick's like, what the okay? fuck? <laughs> okay. And so uh, Lisa also uh uh-huh. has it bad for Lin Kyle. Uh Lisa's first look at this hunk uh at this hunkosaurus rex, uh <laughs> she immediately gets a flash of her her dead fiance, Carl. Yes. Kyle trading trading Carl (laughs) Lynn Carl (laughs) Lynn Carl for Lynn Kyle, and she's just immediately she cannot focus for the rest of the episode. She is deeply, dangerously thrown off her game.
0: Well, it it's it reads like some sort of cross between her being a major simp and also being like post traumatic stress disorder. Like sure, like you know what I mean? Yeah, like like in the in the moment she's like tripping over herself to like hand him his, her handkerchief and do all this shit because she's clearly feeling like I guess conscious and subconscious attract and ch- attraction Well, here, to him, here's the thing if we had seen a flashback where Carl looked obviously a lot like Kyle sure mm-hmm. but instead it telegraphs like this guy is so hot that he like triggered every but she can't do her a- every job every neuron anymore. in her brain yeah <laughs> She has to, like,
2: resign from the bridge because she's just so horny. Doctor, her brain lit up like a Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it strikes me a little weird, but I can see, you know, it makes more sense if she's, like, completely running on, like, adrenaline like she's seen a ghost. And mm-hmm. and I can that that sits a little better with me as an explanation because otherwise it's just like well her womanly you know <laughs> vapors just clouded up her vision and she couldn't do her <laughs> job good later you know it, it just you know well and especially the in the
0: context it, of all the other bridge ladies like right clearly having huge lady boners for for this for this long haired pacifist. And I don't want to yeah. sound like pacifist as an insult. He's just he's he's like a vegan about it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. He's he's very much like he, he when he's on a warship. Just yeah, being yeah. Uh huh. It's it's like going to McDonald's and being like, what do you have that's vegan? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're spoiling for an argument. You've done this on purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the vibe he's constantly exuding. And yeah, I you know, exactly. I think this show is trying to grapple with the idea that maybe war and violence is a bad thing. And I I appreciate that, especially when most of the main characters are in the armed services. But yeah. to have the to have the voice of, of nonviolence be this piece of shit like Kyle just sort of muddies it a bit for me. Uh and everybody when he's thinks
2: he's hot.
0: <laughs> and he's Minmei's cousin, and she thinks he's hot. It's just there's too many things happening that make me feel bad about it. Yeah. So yeah. I I have uh complicated feelings about Lin Kyle. Uh especially I mean he's he doesn't go away. Like he's not he's not gone for a little while. Like we're gonna have to deal with more Lin Kyle in this show.
2: Yeah. Uh so we have another update on Lin minmays boat fame. Uh, and there is a, so basically, yeah, like everybody has gathered at this restaurant, which is, again, it took me a little while to orient myself because people were just at a restaurant on earth and SDF one is now on earth. And when they, but when they talk about going into town, they are going, they're still all on the ship.
0: Yes, yeah. It seems like people. all the civilians can't leave, but maybe the other people can. Yeah, the civilians are not allowed. The, Rick had special permission to leave because Minmei was so famous they let her <laughs> see her parents.
2: Right. But it, it's just remembering that any scenes happening in this episode were entirely not...
0: Yeah, they like, were inside honored. the SDF-1.
2: ...inside the ship, which still looks like a city. Um, it just isn't Earth. Um, so they're at this different restaurant from last
0: week. and It's Minmay's aunt and uncle's restaurant. And yeah, they all end up there, which is it's, you know, coincidental, I guess. But uh, the uh, I I don't know, Max is there for some reason, I guess, just to get us used to having Max around Uh, because maybe just kind of pad the table because they're on this sort of big, big circular table. Right. They need more Mm -hmm. fighters when the (laughs) brawl breaks out. Right. I love the way Min tries to break the tension because everyone meets Lynn Kyle and they're all like, you're so hot. And he's like,
1: I get the feeling the mayor was implying you have something against the military. It's
0: not just the military. I don't like fighting of any kind.
1: Oh, really?
2: Fighting produces nothing. It only results in devastation and destruction.
0: Are you saying that everyone in the military likes to destroy things? Well, I didn't join the service because I like devastation and destruction. (laughs) And I think I'm speaking for everyone at this table. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> you know what's what's I think frustrating narratively is that he's such a wrench in so much uh, like he's he he's he's problematic to the not problematic, but like he's um he's a problem for our for our budding relationship. He's uh he's uh sort of water and oil with the with the crew on the ship. Wouldn't it be a lot more interesting if he was really likable? Like this person who's creating all these problems, but he was a character you wanted to like yeah it just feels it just feels kind of a waste that he's such a constant piece of shit mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I agree and especially with Mei also continuing to be a piece of shit there's this they have this awkward moment in the restaurant and she's like come on everybody we're supposed to be celebrating lynn kyle oh i know let's watch the video of my my concert that i have filmed <laughs> let's watch, let's watch all, me let's all watch me <laughs> everybody. We're celebrating Kyle's return. Hey, how about watching that television mm-hmm. show I taped yesterday? Please, turn on the TV. Why, sure,
1: Minmay.
2: Watch me. Love me.
0: <laughs> this is not our Grey's Anatomy Patreon special. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll have you know that's getting recorded next week. <laughs> no, if I can't. have anything to say about it.
2: <laughs> that is not happening
0: but somehow somehow the the like emergency broadcast from the from the the ship not the government whatever from the ship uh interrupts their pre-recorded tape uh whatever it cuts in and informs everybody hey guess what you can't leave and we're probably going back to space and you, you're stuck here and everyone fucking flips out and the only people of authority they can see is this table full of like it's a soldier sitting here in the middle of the restaurant. And so they, they get accosted and then the brawl breaks out.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it feels fairly realistic. Yeah. Other than the fact that, like, I guess the people in this restaurant are meant to represent all 70,000 people on the ship. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's clearly like 25 people in a restaurant. But, you know, yeah, it's the sort of representation of how everybody's feeling. Um, so you've got a couple unruly gentlemen who are like... Look, we've got these military yeah. officers right here, so why don't we try and get some kind of an explanation out of them?
0: Yeah! Right! Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Come on, Lieutenant! Tell us what's going on! Gee, uh, I'm afraid I, uh, uh I, I guess I really don't know... Stop it! Stop uh- it now! Is this any way to show your appreciation to the people who saved your lives? Now, what do you mean? How can anyone be expected to be grateful? We lost all of our land because of you people, and now it seems you're trying to make us prisoners here! We've made it back to Earth. What could be the purpose of detaining us? Well, while well, I'm still waiting for one of you to give me a straight answer, please—it's a temporary oh, measure. Sure, Just get- more of the same old promises out of you all. That's all we've heard. Well, we're sick and tired of being held here like convicts, and now we're ready to take matters into our own right, hands.
2: <laughs> and they do, <laughs> um, and it's kind of a fun brawl. I mean, the animation is really cool. It's honestly—I mean—I would much rather watch. This, like, well-animated fight, a, a bar fight with very low stakes than, you know, an entire five-part arc on ExoSquad of just <laughs> shit happening constantly. It just shows the, like, good action that's well-executed. It doesn't matter, like, what else is going on. I'll watch it if it's done well.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and we do get to see Max Strut's stuff. I, I don't know if you guys... I I don't remember where our conversation lasted or ended on this in our uh, original Skyhunk's arc, but Max is definitely a Skyhunk.
2: Yeah, I remember nothing about
0: Max. So, got it. Yeah, he's got because Rick has Rick has two subordinates now in Vermilion Squadron. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, yeah. He's got his he's got his his little squad. Yeah, Max Max's main character. Um. He'll be he'll be around for a while. He has a lot to do. And uh, you can tell because he's got the more interesting character design and like blue hair and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and didn't he he and the other one dressed up as a Zentradi, right? They did. A, they did a Vincent Adultman as uh, as one yeah, of the guys yeah. in their ships. Yeah, they had a they yeah. had a fucking ship with a with a trench coat on. <laughs> <laughs> God, just the best. Oh, yeah. He's got balls. He's got major balls. The ship uh, of
2: the trench coat is still my Twitter banner picture. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic.
0: Cuz it's an incredible that. visual.
2: Yeah, it's the best. Uh, yeah, so like the fight happens and, you know, I mean the problem isn't solved though. Uh they've beat up some civilians at the end of the day uh in a public restaurant and have right. not really like improved the reputation and you know i mean you feel the frustration of everybody there you have all the bridge ladies who kind of know what's going on uh and then you've got like rick who has no idea what's going on and asked to answer for like what's going on and you know you can feel everybody being like uh i don't know uh yeah. sorry for my shitty government uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like you were saying earlier uh there are two shitty governments so right around this time is when we get uh Chiron approaching again to attack the humans again against orders of his government. It's not the most clear to me why the Zentradi are holding off fighting them. Maybe it's because they want to, you know, plan a little harder and they've gotten their asses handed to them a couple times by the SDF-1 and they're like, no, we're not going to just do a f- fucking pointless all-out assault if we don't really know how we're, you know, if we have a battle plan or whatever. Right,
2: but, sure, bare ass if we're not, like, ready and fully right. studied.
0: But Chiron, Chiron is a, a shitty dude who's hot under the collar and thinks he knows better. And he has a lot of people who follow his orders. He's like a higher up to some degree, and he goes to attack the SDF one against uh, Commander Azonia's orders. And he, I don't know, he doesn't really accomplish anything. D- no, d- but can we get
2: a clip drop of of Chiron's voice actor because he puts a lot of mustard on those lines. <laughs>
1: Chiron, what about a counterattack? Brilliant idea, Graham. But just what are we counterattacking? You mean this planet is not the actual
0: main objective? You're beginning to see the light. Mm, you can taste the mustard.
2: Mm-hmm. No. Oh, no. Yes, I am Chiron.
0: I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. That's a good word. It's a good, it's a good word, Austin. It is. a lot of mustard. Uh, Colonel the, Mustard. Okay. Did that Magic's improve? gone. Did that, did that
2: fix it? Did that make anything better?
0: Yeah, I have a I have a sad clarity with no humor now, and I'm ready to talk more about the plot. Great. Um, I think that the the important piece of this is that in the counterattack that the that the SDF one has to 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 enact, they are sending not only just all of their fucking fighters out, but they're preparing to do. The Daedalus maneuver again, uh, which, if you recall, is where they take the SDF-1's like giant arm docking station and they just punch it like a fucking <laughs> battering ram into a ship, uh, which is baller and really yeah, cool. cool as heck. Um, But in the midst of this, Lisa is like zoning out. Yeah. And yep. that's a problem. That's a big problem. It doesn't end up stopping her from following orders, but like they do this whole dramatic countdown to the Daedalus maneuver, and then she doesn't do it. And Claudia's like, "Lisa, what the fuck?" And she goes, "Oh, oh, oh shit!" <laughs> Sorry, I was scatterbrain. Thinking about, thinking about Lynn Kyle again. Did you yeah. see that dude? Well, at this yeah. point, her horniness has turned to bereavement, hasn't it? Isn't she just yes. kind of internally weeping? Yeah, yeah, and and I, I guess I like that she's also acknowledging her worry for rick as well
2: yeah because this this also happens just after rick has reported in on the on the radio where he's like hey i'm i'm here i exist you know and she's just like that sends her off even more and it's hard to know exactly where she's coming from but clearly there's a lot going on with her and thinking about about boys
0: yes (laughs) and her daedalus maneuver culminates with the, uh, the end of the battering ram opening up and shooting all missiles and Rick is on the other side following her orders fighting these guys and being in the line of fire and he gets hit and yeah. she feels terrible about it and thinks maybe he's dead and just goes into complete fucking meltdown mode uh, and it sucks to see
2: yeah and not Lisa Lisa spaced out yeah. She's amazing. Well, she got a hunk madness. <laughs> it does seem to it does it, yeah, it does read
0: that way unfortunately. <laughs> that, you mean the hun- hunk madness? That old sourpuss? <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, can I drop my favorite clip in the world? Please. Uh, we see a search party l- out looking for Rick's body.
2: Oh, it's good. I was going to say this if you didn't. <laughs>
0: This, the fucking delivery on this line is so unintentionally funny. Uh, Roger299er, I have shoot inside, but there is no movement. Repeat, no movement. Oh, there he is. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it, you know, you can tell they wanted it to be one of those dramatic reveals of, hey, they're alive, but
0: it didn't it, have the it, frames to pause. <laughs>
2: No. no, it's just funny now. It's funny now. <laughs>
0: it's, oh, it gave me such an uh, inappropriate giggles. In we may moment.
2: never find him alive. He may be fully dead. Oh, there he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, we're uh, here. So I, I want to tell you that we're going to skip next week's episode. Well, not ah. next week's episode. We're going to skip next episode. Uh, if you saw in the next time on Robotech, if you watched that segment, next episode is called Phantasm, and I'm going to read you the description of it right now. It says, wounded from the attack in the previous episode, Rick Hunter lies in a hospital bed in critical condition. At the same time, he experiences dreams that try to make sense out of his relationship with Minmay and his growing attraction to Lisa Hayes. It's a it's I know what like, uh, anime
2: <laughs> code for uh, another recap episode.
0: Yeah, it's like mild recap and also like weird coma visions and it's just nothing. The episode is nothing. So we're skipping it. We're going to go right to episode 18 next week. So Great. I'm Great. looking forward to, to my boy Rick getting an adult girlfriend. I think that'll be fun. I know. For real. Get rid of Minmay. She's... Date grownups, boys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boys. Dick grown-ups. Dick grown-ups. <laughs> um, I Not mean, you man. boys. Not you young boys. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was going to say, I have a few reservations thought. I thought Rick was definitively, like, 16. He's, God, I don't know. I feel like he's a little older than 16. I, I, I also. So. I, I also don't just... know how old Lisa's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, well, it's you impossible know she, to tell. She could she, be 40 she, for she, she, I mean, yeah, I mean, so she's got, like an actual military job and rick is just this circus pilot they pulled out of this <laughs> pulled out of the weeds <laughs> okay yeah. i've googled how old are rick and lisa in robotech and there is there are, there is a robotech wiki and let's see rick let's oh fuck oh it just has their their de- the date they were born, well, we can see the difference. Oh, is it like a? Star so he was born. Date? Is he it a was fake born date? in? No, he was born in November of 1990, and Lisa was born in 1985. So there's only a five year difference between oh, them.
2: Okay, that's not bad. Uh, I still I don't think
0: that's know... like f- 15 and 20. Oh, okay. So that, that, Rick arrived. Yeah. First Robotech yeah. War canonically takes place in 2009. So mm, that means it. that Pits means he's 19? 19.
2: Okay. okay, nineteen to twenty four. Nineteen to twenty four. Okay, 24? That's, right. that's
0: actually not bad. Date grown ups,
2: <laughs>
0: not too grown up, not too fast. <laughs> yeah, it's it could be worse. Um, but it makes sense why Rick is kind of an idiot sometimes. He's only nineteen. Oh, he's just a circus boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a circus boy who lost his way.
2: Oh hey, Batman! Uh, the the Joker's here. We gotta we gotta punch the Joker and we gotta fight him. Uh, let's do it.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Does that um, not does d- is that not a problem? You brought the Joker in that wasn't really part of the original premise. Well, okay, no. So, but and what is, way has the premise been broken? And what contract has been breached, Andrew? Well, I try, I tried to bring Bruce Wayne into it and you guys jumped up my whole butt.
2: Yeah, because we are changing the
0: reality of what we are. We've just
2: announced the Joker's here now. This is how you tell a story. This is how you introduce new complications and problems.
0: Okay, well, my, I, I'm your complication. I'm Bruce Wayne okay, now. Okay, in the,
2: in the time that we were having this debate, the Joker has blown up the moon and the bank, which is arguably just as important as the moon, because that's where all the money is. Um, and he got away with it. Uh, the song was right. <laughs> Good job, Andy. Yeah.
0: The song was right. <laughs>
2: joker did got away
0: Uh, (laughs) okay well i guess i'll shut the fuck up then
2: thank you uh but we also we watched two more of those episodes of our shows of our skyhunk shows and uh this is normally the part where we'd say more about it but honestly i think you know we're right in the middle of of things happening i don't think we have that much left to sum up uh yeah. but we do have a sorbo of the week. Th-
0: this isn't my world. <laughs> Disappointed. You guys, it's time for the sorbo of the week. Every week we we have to talk about somebody who's been banned from our podcast for their sorbo. Their sorbo like tendencies, their uh the their moon madness, their uh, inability to behave humanly in a, uh-huh. in a society primarily comprised of humans. Uh, I thought you were gonna say primarily comprised of non-sorbos. <laughs> <laughs> non sorbos that too. Uh, I think this week the sorbo of the week's got to go to uh, little Teddy Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad, <laughs> little Teddy.
2: We just need him on the record as a sorbo because uh, yeah. Let there be no confusion at any time.
0: <laughs> there's quite uh, a in bit the of legacy of this show. Legacy sorbonisms that that have sorbonisms. been. <laughs> that he can be that he can be tried for. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick one from the list. What's yeah. the most recent one that he's done? Uh, just uh, honestly, today he threw a big tantrum at the airport. Did you have one you wanted to say? Well,
2: no. I was going to say by the time this episode comes out in a few weeks, there will probably be a, be a fresh new one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, true.
0: There, there's a reasonable chance he can't make it two weeks without. Uh, without another infraction but he just threw a tantrum at the airport but it was um you know unbecoming of a US senator to throw a hissy fit because you miss your plane and mm-hmm. was he
2: trying to go to Mexico again or
0: you know you, he does have a certain track record with the airports and the flying um <laughs> no i think he just was there doing you know whatever doing whatever ted cruz, whatever the yeah. fuck ted cruz does his baby things and he still hasn't provided life. any proof that he's not the Zodiac killer. So. Right,
2: right. Release the tapes. <laughs> if there are tapes that prove that he's the Zodiac killer, they should be released. <laughs> like, I, I've, I'm always pro-tape release. <laughs> release the tapes. You've been sore about.
0: <laughs> there are just so fewer positions of higher authority than he's already holding which is astounding and upsetting but at some like how much power can you have or do you need to have before you take responsibility for missing your own flight like (laughs) (laughs) god yeah i think i think it's a i think it's a curve that comes back down i think there's a point after which there's a like there's a certain amount of power sure you just Where, start expecting things to go your way without actually doing anything yeah yeah and the whining increases yeah <laughs> well all right uh you can't ever listen to our fucking podcast anymore i know he was it, it hurts me to see him go he was one of our most steadfast <laughs> listeners but uh <laughs> we no. can't keep allowing it <laughs> no <laughs> I'm just kidding. Get the fuck out of here. It turns
2: out he was a huge fan of Star vs The Force of Evil for some reason. <laughs> it's really picked up during that arc, and we get emails from him every week. Another <laughs> Ted Cruz email about Star.
0: <laughs> no longer. You're off. Uh and uh and hey, we're gonna keep going. We we got we got one more week of, of Squad before we I think are at a decision point. Uh, and, and Robotech is still going strong. So I hope you are as well. Sorry. I was going to, I was going to take us to the sea next Tuesday, but I really thought I was about to fart.
2: (laughs) Gross. Batman would never do that. (laughs) How more, how much more clear can we be? Batman doesn't fart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's not Bruce Wayne.
2: And he fights the joker, but this time the joker (laughs) got away. (laughs) Alfred. (laughs) Alfred really stinked up my (laughs) suit.
1: See you next Tuesday.